You know, normally on this show, I talk about certain places in North Carolina. But today, I'm taking you on a 1,200-mile journey from one end of our great state to the other. Because in this episode, I'm covering the Mountains to Sea Trail. Hey guys, and welcome to the NC Everything Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis, and this is a weekly show where I cover everything that has anything to do with North Carolina. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that I'm outside again. Uh, I decided to get out of the studio. I didn't realize how, how much I didn't like, well, I, I like the studio, but I didn't realize how much I enjoyed recording outside until the first time I'd done it. So I'm going to risk the, the birds and the sound of the chickens and all the extra noise to come out here again. I thought it was going to be warmer than this. I, I didn't put on enough clothes. My hands are, are a little chilly. But we'll make it work. Also, if you've been listening to the podcast but you hadn't quite got on YouTube yet, that's fine. You don't have to watch on YouTube. But I'm still working out the details of uh, or working out the, the kinks of talking to the podcast guys and talking to the YouTube guys and girls um you know sometimes i address stuff you can see but i do realize that if you're only listening you can't see everything and that's fine you don't have to see me but it may sound kind of weird if 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 i say something and i'm trying to demonstrate with my hands i'm trying to remember that some of you can't see me oh and i forgot to say welcome to the show if this is your first time well i'm glad you found us and in regards to what i said about youtube i'm, I'm still kind of new at this i'm still figuring everything out so uh just bear with me on the youtube side and uh hopefully the more i do this the, the better off the better i'll get we'll we'll see how that goes now if during this show you're interested in my my backlog that's on the website at www.thencevertingpodcast.com right on the home screen i have a player that'll play all the audio from my past episodes uh the videos only started on episode 77 i think and I'm in the process of uploading the audio for my backlog onto YouTube. It'll be audio only. I might have some kind of art there on the screen. Um, it's taken a really long time. And I've actually thought about nixing that, that project and just having the videos on YouTube and, and having the, the backstock available on the website. Now, for you dedicated followers of the show, I need to address what happened last week. Uh, I'm having internet issues out here. I hadn't quite worked it out at the time of this recording. And keep in mind, I'm recording uh, Sunday after the last episode came out. So I'm, I'm a week ahead of you, of course. But uh, I hadn't quite got all that figured out yet. I'm going to try to do that this week. But it took a long time. It took 24 hours for the YouTube uh, video to get up online. In fact, that was just this morning that, that it went up. The internet is running really slow out here. I apologize for that. And I can't promise you it won't happen again. I'm a little ways away from town, and when you're out in the country, you don't get the same internet as, uh, as the townies do. But what compounded that problem was I was working through the YouTube, editing the YouTube video, and I got done with the whole thing. I was, the, the YouTube video was ready to start uploading, and somehow or another I messed up the file, the, the edited file, and all I had was the raw, so I had to go back through and do that all over again. And, that really messed me up, and, and it was one thing after another last week. 
But I'll try to keep you appraised of the situations as they appear on Facebook or whatever. And uh, hopefully this will go a lot smoother uh, as we go. Now, if you're listening to this on March 26th or 27th, which is right when this episode is going to come out, I'm going to be on the Outer Banks right now as you're listening, if you're listening on those days. I hadn't been to the Outer Banks in, in several years. My, the last time I was out there, I was on a second grade field trip as a chaperone with my kid. And I love the Outer Banks. I, I wish I could get out more. And I don't really know why I don't get out there more. As for a lot of North Carolinians, uh, it's a straight shot straight down Highway 64. And you'll, you'll uh, end up right there at Nags Head. But I finally made it back out, and as you're listening to this, I'm out there right now, and I'm, I'm trying to shoot some videos for you. I'm doing some exploring. I'm getting some ideas together for the show. I'm going to hopefully go by some of the places I've covered on the show, and I might make some, some YouTube shorts. I ain't sure how to do that yet. Again, I'm, I'm new to this. Um, I'm probably not going to do like a full uh, video vlog of my whole trip. I don't know if that would be interesting to all of you or not, but I'm, I'm probably going to have you know, some short videos and some, some short coverage on, on certain things out there. I'd like to get out to Hatteras and Pea Island and certainly Roanoke. And I don't know if any of that stuff will come out next week from the time you're listening to this, but uh, it'll, it'll come out periodically as I, as I get it together. And I think that's all the housekeeping, so let's get into the content. Like I said, today we're going to be talking about the Mountains to Sea Trail. Now for me, I didn't know much about the Mountains to Sea Trail until maybe the early 2000s. And so I was surprised that this story starts in 1960. And I figured out through my research why I didn't know much about it until the early 2000s. And I'll cover that when it comes up. But like I said, 1960s, that's where this, this story begins. So in 1960, the, the world was changing, or at least the United States anyway people became more aware of pollution and environmental issues. And so environmentalist or the, the environmentalist movement was really kind of gaining momentum in the 60s. And people wanted to really just get outside and be outside. And I'm not talking about city parks and, and little areas in, in the suburbs. They wanted to get out in, in the wilderness, I guess you could say, you know, untouched nature. And the North Carolina government they, they kind of sensed what was going on in our state. And so they started passing a series of acts to, to promote outdoor time, to preserve wilderness, to set up areas so people can get outside. One of them was the Wilderness Act. And then there was the Land and Water Conservation Act. And then in 1968, the National Trails System Act was passed. And this, this National Trail System Act, it kicked off the, the creation of a bunch of trails for people to enjoy. Then in the early 70s, they created the Land and Water Conservation Fund. And what this did, best I understand it, forever how much money a municipality would put into a, a park or a recreation area, this uh, Land and Water Conservation Fund would match that amount. Now they already had the National Trail System Act that was passed in 1968, but in 1973, the North Carolina legislature passes the North Carolina Trail System Act. And it worked the same way. It promoted the, the creation of trails across our state. Now through the North Carolina Trails System Act, the North Carolina Trails Committee was created. 
And that started with a, a group of seven people. And their whole job was just to communicate with the state on trail-related matters. And I couldn't find a whole lot more into that, but I'm assuming that includes you know, uh, advising where trails should be, the condition of trails, and how the trails should be used. Now we're at 1977, and this is an important year for the Mountains to Sea Trail, which doesn't exist yet. In 1977, they had the 4th National Trails Symposium at Lake Junaluska. Now, you can laugh if I say Junaluska. Me and my wife have been you know, joking around for years, whether it's Wanaluska, Junaluska. Um, if I'm saying that wrong, actually, I would love for one of you to email me and let me know how to say Junaluska, Lake Junaluska. But anyway, 1977, Fourth National Trails Symposium. And that sounds like some kind of magical thing. Um, I wish I could have been there. But what this was, was a, a national gathering for hikers. And not just North Carolina, all over. And they came here to this symposium and just shared their love of hiking and, and being outdoors. At this symposium was the Secretary of Department of Natural Resources and Community Development. Man, that's a long name. Anyway, his name was Howard Lee, and he was one of the speakers here. And he proposed the idea of a trail that crossed the entire state. And they would call this trail the Mountains to Sea Trail. And I have a quote here from what he said. He said, quote, I want our state trails committee to look at recommending a trail that would give North Carolina and national visitors using it a real feel for the sights, sounds, and people of the state. I think it would be a trail that would help, like the first primitive trails, bring us together. End quote. Now, I just want to say right here, if you're listening and you're not from North Carolina or you've never been or you're considered coming, considering coming, um, in the west part of our state is the Appalachian Mountains. It's all mountains over there. Then in the middle, where I'm at, you get to the Piedmont, and you can kind of see how flat it is behind me. There's, there's not a whole lot of high peaks out here. Then as you get farther down east, you're getting close, closer to the coastal plain. It gets flat, and of course, then you get to the ocean. And that's how the name Mountains to Sea comes to be. If you're going to hike from west to east in our state, uh, you have no choice but to hike from the mountains to the sea. Anyway, after this speech, everybody was, was really ready to go and get this trail going. And the plan was to piece together a bunch of little pieces of land from uh, national areas to state areas to city and county parks and like a puzzle, piece by piece, connect the trail all the way across the state. They would have to get permission from private landowners, which uh, was a problem back then and it continues to be a, a little bit of a problem. Another problem early on was Governor Jim Hunt, even though he liked the idea, he said from the very start that he would not set aside any North Carolina budget to build this trail. But regardless of the governor's stand against uh, setting aside budget money for the trail, the trail got started. And in 1982, the first section was done. It was a 75.8 mile trail along Cape Hatteras National Seashore. Now yes, it's called the Mountains to Sea Trail, but they didn't they didn't blaze this trail from the mountains to sea. In fact, here's how it works. The state secures land, whether private, national, state, whatever, they get the land. All right, then a route planner goes in, he maps out a trail for the mountains to sea trail. Then they'll send in an archeologist and they'll walk around on the trail and they just wanna make sure that they're not gonna disturb any artifacts or ancient burial grounds. Then they send in a biologist and he does a survey 
and he has to figure out if building the trail here would have a negative effect on the environment. Now, once they get the go-ahead from all these guys, volunteers will go in and they'll blaze the trail. And like I hinted at earlier, they didn't work from the mountains to the sea. This is going on uh, all across the state in different spots, kind of patchy. You know, like I said, they, they started the first part down there at Hatteras. Well, at the same time, there may be going, there may be 10 different projects going on in the Piedmont and, you know, 15 different projects going on in the mountains. So it's, it's a statewide thing. It's actually really cool when you think about it. Just all these probably hundreds, if not thousands of volunteers all working together to build this one trail that's going to connect in the end. Well, now that they had the section on Hatteras done, that became an anchor point. Uh, something to aim for and so the majority of the work was done in the mountains and all through the 80s and the 90s they were piecing this trail together and by the way they didn't have to blaze all of it there were existing hiking trails all through North Carolina already and they were using a lot of those to incorporate the mountains to sea trail now like I said earlier they did run into some trouble um, getting national land was really easy because they were for this project getting the state land same thing they were for it even though they weren't offering any money but because the state wasn't offering any money, getting private land became a lot harder. You know, the, the trail committee, they would go up and they'd offer to, to buy these people's lands or they would let them know they wanted to put the trail here. And of course, a lot of people said, no, I don't want a trail on my property. Well, they can't really say, well, I'll buy your land. They can't offer a whole lot of money because the state's not helping them support the idea. Now, there were funds there, obviously, but without state help, they couldn't just throw money at this project. And then there were certain areas where they just couldn't figure out a good route for the trail. Uh, one of the more famous ones was from New Bern to Stone Mountain. They, they couldn't figure out how they, they wanted this trail to go. So construction of the trail in the 90s slowed down to a crawl. And then it got really bad. In 1995, they actually suggested just stopping the project and calling it quits. And some of the state officials, because morale had got kind of low, enthusiasm had gotten really low, state officials suggested instead of building this massive trail across the state, let's just uh, enhance and improve the trails we have already. But in walks Alan DeHart, or into the story anyway, he doesn't physically walk into the room. Now Alan DeHart was a trail enthusiast, but he also wrote trail guides. And he said, we're not going to give up that easy. And so DeHart creates the Friends of the Mountain to Sea Trail. And the Friends of the Mountains to Sea Trail's only goal was to get the Mountains to Sea Trail done. And the main way they did this was they went around promoting the trail and, and get, getting support for the trail. And just to make sure everybody knew that DeHart was practicing what, what he preached, he hiked the entire Mountains to Sea Trail in 1997. And it worked. People became more interested in it and work picks back up on the trail between 2000 and 2010. And that's why I said in the beginning, it was around 2000 that I first heard of it. Um, that's because it had almost went dormant. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, the sun's coming up and it's finally coming over the trees and I, I'm afraid it's gonna blind me before I'm done, but I'm hoping it's not creating a glare all over my face here. But I might be able to touch that up and post edit and we'll, we'll see. So yeah, between 2000 and 2010, uh, a lot of work on the mountains to sea trail got done. They were, they were averaging 15 miles per day. And it was also around this time that North Carolina decided they were gonna support the trail after all. 
So in 2008, North Carolina committed $8.5 million just to buying private land. In 2017, the General Assembly authorized a major addition to the trail. They call it the Coastal Crescent Route, and it loops through southeastern North Carolina. Now even today, the trail is not complete. And the reason I say that is, the idea is when the trail is complete, it will be completely hiking trail. But kind of like the Appalachian Trail, right now a lot of the Mountain to Sea Trail goes along highways. So work continues on it and hopefully it will continue on it for years to come until it, it really is complete. So now let me take you down the Mountain to Sea Trail. Now the first section goes from Clingman's Dome to Water Rock Knob. Clingman's Dome is right on the North Carolina-Tennessee line. And it's actually the highest peak in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. It's also, I think, the highest peak in Tennessee. Now, I've been up to Clingman's Dome several times, and actually, not only is that where the Mountains to Sea Trail begins, the Appalachian Trail comes across there, and if you're hiking up to the, the peak of Clingman's Dome, you'll cross that, that spot where the Appalachian Trail and the Mountains to Sea Trail cross. And that's not the only spot of the Mountains to Sea Trail that I've been on. You'll see as we go. And I'm probably going to post a ton of pictures from the Mountains to Sea Trail so you can check the show notes for that. You just have to go to the website at www.thenceverythingpodcast.com, click episodes, click this episode, and then all the links to my sources and pictures related to this episode will, will pop up down there. Well, from Clingman's Dome, the trail goes 46.8 miles to Water Rock Knob. Now, Water Rock Knob I know very well because I have gone up to Water Rock Knob for several years, every time, well, every time we go to the mountains, I go up there trying to catch a, a sunrise. And you go up, it's right on the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's what, I got a mark here, mile marker, four, mile marker 451.2 is Water Rock Knob on the Blue Ridge Parkway. So you go up and there's a parking, parking lot there and there's a little visitor center and there's hiking trails that go off of that. But it's a really pretty spot to go if you've never been. So. From the parking lot on one side, you can see a, a, a beautiful view. And way down in the bottom, you can just barely make out Harris Cherokee Casino down on the reservation. But then on the other side of the parking lot, you can see all the peaks kind of trailing off in the distance. And every time we go, it's really cloudy or something's, something's not right for a sunrise. Now I'm not disappointed because I love going up there. But one year we went, it was... It was cloudy down in the lowlands, and I was hoping that wouldn't be a problem up on Water Rock. But we went up there, and the fog was, before we got there, the fog was so thick you couldn't hardly see 50 feet. By the time we got up on Water Rock Knob, it was raining, and the wind was blowing probably 40 miles an hour. The rain was coming in sideways. The fog, you couldn't see 10 feet. It was probably the worst, uh, the worst day to go see the sunrise ever. And we laughed about it, you know, when I get to the mountains, it's, it's hard to, to make me mad or disappoint me in the mountains. I, I, I love it up there. I've never had a, a bad time in the mountains. So that's section one. Section two goes from Water Rock Knob into the Nantahala National Forest and Pisgah National Forest. And it finally ends at the historic Pisgah Inn. And the Pisgah Inn is the only hotel on the Blue Ridge Parkway. And this section of the trail includes Skinny Dip Falls, which is a waterfall. There's a ton of waterfalls up there. If you ever get a chance to waterfall explore or waterfall hunt, uh, I would definitely suggest that. And if you're interested in looking for waterfalls, and I'm not being paid by Kevin Adams, but 
look for Kevin Adams waterfall books. He's got several of them. He, he comes up with new editions every so often, but that book is amazing. If you're interested in that, it, it runs down all the waterfalls that, that, that are in the state. Some of them are on, on private land. And he says that in the book, you know, whether you can get to it or not, he runs down how hard the hike is, how far it is. And he even gives the, the waterfalls their own grade of, I guess, uh, beauty. But we've been to a bunch of them just off of Kevin Adams' book. And Kevin Adams, if you want to you know, send me $5 for that promotion, I will take it. And I'm, I'm sure there's stuff in these different sections of the Mountains to Sea Trail. Actually, I'm probably just going to say MST from here on out. But there, there are sections. Um, but I'm sure there's stuff in there that I'm, I'm going to miss. Especially when we get down east because I don't know a whole lot about the MST as it gets farther down east. Section three goes from the Pisgah Inn to the Black Mountain Campground. And this goes past the Blue Ridge Parkway Visitor Center too, which is a really cool place. It's, it's a huge building and it's like a museum in there. Keep in mind, I, I love visitor centers. That's one of my, my things, I guess. I, I stop at visitor centers all the time. Even visitor centers right here in my hometown and places I go all the time. I, I love visitor centers. And I know I'm a geek or a nerd or whatever you want to call it. Um, I have no shame. Now, when you go through section three, you'll also go through Mount Mitchell State Park. And I have an episode on that. Mount Mitchell is the tallest peak in North Carolina and it's the highest point in the Eastern United States. Now, section four, and this is gonna get faster as I go because like I said, I, I know less and less as we go, but section four goes from the Black Mountain Campground, which is at the, the bottom of the, at the bottom of Mount Mitchell, to the Beacon Heights Overlook on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Section five goes from Beacon Heights to the Devil's Garden Overlook. And this goes through Blowing Rock and Boone. Section six goes from Devil's Garden Overlook to the Pilot Mountain State Park. And I've been to Pilot Mountain many, many times. It's one of my favorite spots. If, if I don't have time to get to the mountains, uh, which is about a five hour drive for me, give or take, uh, I can go to Pilot Mountain, which is about two and a half, three hours from me. And I, I think I covered Pilot Mountain on the show. I don't remember. It's It was on my list for a long time. But Pilot Mountain is really cool because you're, you're not in the mountains. It's pretty flat. I mean, it's foothills, I guess you could say. But it's moder moderately flat around Pilot Mountain. So it's literally just this pinnacle that shoots up out of the land. And when you get to the top of it, you can see for miles and miles. It's You can see Winston-Salem. It's... It's really cool. Um, I'll post some pictures of that, of course. Section seven goes from Pilot Mountain to Hanging Rock State Park. And I think they're about 30 some miles apart. You can see one from the other. And if you ever go to Hanging Rock, there's actually three or four waterfalls in Hanging Rock State Park. There's also a lake at Hanging Rock. If you decide to swim in there, uh, get ready. That water is freezing. Section eight goes from Hanging Rock State Park to Bryan Park in Greensboro. Section nine goes from Bryan Park to Eno River State Park. Now Eno River State Park is a lot closer to where I live. I've been up there a lot. In fact, uh, just a couple days ago, I was walking along the Eno River. And actually I'm gonna post some pictures of the Mountain to Sea Trail in that area because uh, me and my wife have been trying to, to do a little better with our eating and get in shape. So we're walking pretty regular. And one of the places we walk the most is the, the old Okanichi Speedway in Hillsborough. And that goes right along the Eno River. And the Mountains to Sea Trail goes beside the, the speedway and 
and then it heads on up in the up in the woods. What's funny is we take our four-year-old up there, and one of the first times he went with us, we got on the mountain to sea trail. We were gonna walk a little bit of it and just turn around and come back. And I was explaining to him that if you stay on this trail long enough, you'll end up at the ocean or at the, at the beach. And then, uh, being four, he got it in his head that that was just gonna be a quick walk. And so he decided we're gonna walk to the beach. And it does, doesn't matter what me and my wife said to him, he was determined he was gonna walk to the beach and he was really upset. And I tried to tell him that it would take us a couple weeks probably to, if we walked every day to get to the beach. It's not right around this next bend in the trail. It's a long ways away. Uh, he wouldn't have it and he, he was really upset. And I'm, I made a post about that on, on, the, on the Facebook group. But that's actually kind of what led to the trip to the Outer Banks that, that I'm on as you listen to this is because he got so upset. And, and so I, I decided I, I want to get back out there, you know, and maybe, you know, give him that little bit. I want to show him where the mountains to sea trail ends too. All right, section 10 goes from Eno River State Park to the Falls Lake Dam. Section 11 goes from Falls Lake Dam to Howell, Wood, Howell Woods Environmental Center. But see, there's, there's an option here. You can take section 11 from Falls Lake to Howell Woods, or you can paddle down the Noose River to the Noosock Trail. And that's actually on my bucket list, not necessarily the MST, but it, it is my plan. Hopefully in the next few years, I, I, for some reason I got it in my head, I wanna paddle down the entire Noose River and finally make my way to New Bern and down to the coast. I don't know if I'll ever reach that, but it's, it's something I've been thinking about for a while. Before I can paddle 200, I think 250 miles to the ocean, I'm gonna to have to, you know, get in shape. That's part of that walking we're doing. I, I'm gonna to have, to, have to get right, you know. Section 12 goes from Howell Woods to Suggs Mill Pond. 13 is Suggs Mill Pond to Singletary Lake State Park. I think I mentioned Singletary Lake in my Carolina Bays episode, I'm not sure. Section 14 goes from Singletary Lake to the Holly Shelter Gameland. And again, now we're getting farther down east and I don't know these areas that good. Uh, hopefully I'll, I'll figure them out one day and come back and talk to you about it. But for those of you who live in these areas, I don't mean to exclude anything from this podcast. I just don't know this area. Section 15 goes from Holly Shelter Gameland to Stella. 16 goes from Stella to Oyster Point Campground. 17, Oyster Point Campground to Cedar Island Ferry. Finally, Section 18 goes from Cedar Island Ferry to Jockey's Ridge State Park. And I know I covered Jockey's Ridge in the podcast. I don't remember what episode that is and I don't have that list with me, but it was a, a really cool episode. I've been to Jockey's Ridge many times and I may be on Jockey's Ridge right now as you're listening to this. That's, that's definitely somewhere I'm going. And I plan on posting pictures of Jockey's Ridge State Park and the end of the Mountain to Sea Trail on the Facebook group. So while you're listening to this or after, check out the Facebook group and just, just see if I posted yet. Um, I'm gonna do it as we go. And that is the Mountains to Sea Trail. You start at Clingman's Dome, the highest point in the Great Smoky Mountains. You go through Linville Gorge, which is the Grand Canyon of the East. Mount Mitchell, the highest point in the Eastern United States. You go through three national parks, the Great Smoky Mountains, the Blue Ridge Parkway, and Cape Hatteras. You go through three national forests, two national wildlife refuges, and 10 state parks. 
and I don't know how many local parks it'll take you through. It goes through 37 counties and it takes two to three months to complete it. Although, like the Appalachian Trail, there's people who've done it in a lot less time. They've, they've done it to break records. There's one girl and, oh, I can't remember her name, but I want to find the article and link it in the, the show notes. But she done it in, I think, 29 days, 29 or 30 days. She done it in one month. But I, I want to say that in that article, it says she was covering 35, 40 miles a day, where average people on the Appalachian Trail, you know, normal people, I guess you could say, they, you know, if you do 20 some miles a day, that's, that's good. And they say it takes 2,112,000 steps to complete the Mountains to Sea Trail. And that's how I got the title for this episode. And that's all I got on the Mountains to Sea Trail. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope that for a lot of you listening, the Mountains to Sea Trail comes through your town somewhere, and you can go out there and, and hang out on it. In fact, I hope a lot of you listening live somewhere close to the Mountains to Sea Trail, and you can go out and see it for yourself. If you live near the Mountains to Sea Trail, head out there, get on the Mountains to Sea Trail, and send me a picture of you standing on it. And I'll post it on the Facebook group and put it on the website. I can't hike the whole Mountains to Sea Trail. But maybe I can piece together the trail through pictures of people standing on the trail, if that makes sense. But I'm definitely going to post some pictures of the Mountains to Sea Trail in my area. So definitely go to www.thencaeverythingpodcast.com and check the show notes for those pictures. And while you're there, if you're interested in the backlog, you can listen to that right on the home screen. And more importantly, and my favorite thing, while you're there, you can click the contact button or go to www.dnceverythingpodcast.com backslash contact and you can reach out to me. I love hearing from you guys. You can just say, hey, you can suggest episodes. You can send me pictures, articles, resources. I love hearing from any of you all the time. And if you haven't already, but you're interested in following the show, you can do that on the Facebook group that I've mentioned a couple times. Just search DNC Everything Podcast on Facebook. And I'm hoping this episode reaches you a lot easier than that last episode did. But that's all I have for this week. So I'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.